Welcome to Splainin', the podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. Welcome, Evan, to another amazing episode. Another amazing episode of Splainin' the Podcast at the Cast. And then you know what? It's going to be amazing. It is foolproof amazing because we've got our first ever guest. In-person guest. In-person guest. We're not talking about Tiffany and Catherine no, taking over. the old <laughs> balls and chains. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about that gorgeous laugh you can hear now. It's Leah McDonald, everybody. Welcome, Leah. I'm very excited. Number one fan of the podcast. Absolutely. And uh, we're just delighted to have you here, Leah. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you guys so much for uh, giving me this platform and letting me come on and uh, talk. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. It is our pleasure. Um, So we had a plan uh, when we first came out with our... um, guest series that we wanted to invite you on uh, because we knew April 1st uh, April 1st yes no second second April 2nd sorry I thought it was the first April 2nd uh, is National Autism Day and it's Awareness Day so that's what we had planned to do obviously because of the lockdown that we had our second lockdown in Newfoundland Mm -hmm. and physical distancing purposes we weren't able to actually record it then so Mm -hmm. we decided to do it now which is great I think it was in the works for like I'm trying to think back to like when you and I chatted about like you should come on the podcast as a guest. I think it was like over a year ago. It was when yeah, we first it feels started. Like, yeah. yeah, it does feel like a very long time ago. Yeah, because we I remember we had a topic and you gave us like a correction around it. And I remember speaking to Evan about it afterwards, like, we should get Leah to come on and talk about this. Like yeah. it is <laughs> phenomenal, like the amount of uh, knowledge you have around the subject. Yeah. Well, you know what, Leah? What are you gonna explain to us yeah. today? Um <clears throat> I'm going to explain, and it's fitting that I'm still here uh, today because this is, uh, April 2nd was Autism Awareness Day. The whole month of April is Autism Awareness Month. Yeah. And um, I am going to explain autism. It's amazing. No one better. And I know, I feel like I know more than most people because you and I have been friends for, I mean, three of us have known each other for what, 10 years almost? Arguably. Not 10. No, 10 is too much. (laughs) Sure, I've hardly known you for 10 years. (laughs) Uh, I've been with Spirit for about eight. And that's well, that, when yeah, we met yeah, through yeah. work, so it must have been about seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. That aligns. Yeah, absolutely. That aligns. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I feel like I know more things. Like I know some of your superpowers. As I love. I know. Them. Um, so dive in. Yeah, Leah, let's do just this. dive. Awesome. <clears throat> um. So the new Latin word ostimus was coined by the Swiss psychiatrist, and I'm going <laughs> to try and pronounce this. <laughs> Perfect. Welcome to the club, bro. Gonna, thank God I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to be Jeff now for a minute. <laughs> screw this up, but I'll try. Eugen <clears throat> uh, U- Bluler? No. That sounds perfect. Eugen Bluler. Done. Bluler. Yep. Bluler. <laughs> Bluler. Bluler. <laughs> Nailed it. Great. <laughs> um, it was coined by him in 1910 as he was defining symptoms of schizophrenia. Oh. Yeah. He derived it from the Greek word autos, autos, meaning yeah. self, yep. and used it to mean morbid self-admiration. Oh. Yeah. Referring to autistic withdrawal of the patient to his fantasies against which any influence from outside becomes an intolerable disturbance. Ah. That sounds complicated. It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and a Soviet child psychiatrist, here we go again with the unpronounceable names, <laughs> Grunya Sakareva? There <laughs> we go. I think, I think you've nailed it. Sakareva. 
Well, better than me. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an educated guess, really. Honestly. He's got a lot of experience of saying words he can't say. I have a lot of experience <laughs> of making words up. Fact. Yeah. Um, defined, sorry, described a similar syndrome that was published in Russian in 1925 and German in 1926. <clears throat> the word autism first took its modern sense in 1938 when Hans Asperger of the Vienna University Hospital adopted Bluehler's terminology, autistic psychopaths. Which Ugh. I kind of, yeah, I that, don't that, like that. I don't like no, that either. Not great, That's not a great... Also, I didn't realize that um, uh, Asperger's was his surname. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that autism no. psychopath. No. Psychopath to me makes me think like murderer. Yeah. Narcissist. Yeah. And I mean... Sociopath <clears throat> kind of thing. But that yeah. is I, not uh, the case. I tried to pull the wool over you last week, but I... <laughs> <laughs> but not to that extreme. <laughs> yeah. You didn't fall for that. That's, no. a, that's a story for another time. That was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> April Fool's. She's, oh. good. She's good. She almost got me. Almost? <laughs> yeah. So close. Um, <clears throat> and he adopted that terminology in a lecture in German about child psychology. Asperger was investigating an uh, ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, now known as Asperger's Syndrome, which is what I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, though for various reasons, it was not widely recognized as a separate diagnosis until 1981. Uh, Leo Kanner of the Johns Ho- Hopkins Hospital first used autism in its modern sense in English when he introduced the label uh, early infantile autism in 1943, uh, in a 1943 report of 11 children with striking behavioral similarities. Almost all the characteristics described in Kanner's first paper on the subject, notably autistic aloneness, Again, I'm not sure I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the 40s. We'll give him a pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And insistence on sameness are still regarded as typical of the autism spectrum of disorders. Uh, it is not known whether Kanner derived the term independently of Asperger. Uh, Kanner's reuse of autism led to decades of confused terminology like infantile schizophrenia mm. and child. Yeah, I know. Child psychiatry's focus on maternal deprivation led to misconceptions of autism as an infant's response to refrigerator mothers. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. I guess that's where the, like you said, the 1920s, it was a study from schizophrenia. Yeah. Like, that's where they first started studying it and deriving it. Interesting. Hmm. Thank goodness a lot has changed since the 40s. I'm sure, the, I'm yes. sure as you were about to tell us, the, uh, the education on the subject gets better as we go I on. certainly <laughs> <have>. <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> yeah, starting in the late 1960s, autism was finally established as a separate syndrome. Um, as late as the mid-1970s, there was little evidence of a genetic role in autism, while in 2007, it was believed to be one of the most heritable psychiatric conditions. Although the rise of parent organizations and the destigmatization of childhood ASD have affected how ASD is viewed, uh, parents continue to feel social stigma in situations where their child's autistic behavior is perceived negatively. Mm -hmm. And many uh, primary care physicians express some beliefs consistent with outdated autism research. Um, and it took until 1980 for autism to be differentiated from childhood schizophrenia. 1980? Yeah. Are you joking? <laughs> I had the exact same reaction no. as you. To be separated from childhood schizophrenia. Yes. That is shocking. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, Asperger's syndrome, which is what I have, is named after the Austrian pediatrician and a 
not the greatest person. I'm going to get into that later, and I'm not okay. happy about what I found. Oh, God. Oh, was it a surprise to you what you found? <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, and no. not a good one. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, it's named after the Austrian pediatrician Hans Asperger, who in 1944 described children in his care who struggled to form friendships, did not understand others' gestures or feelings, um, engaged in one-sided conversations about their favorite interests, and were clumsy. Uh, the modern conception of Asperger's syndrome came into existence in 1981 and went through a period of popularization, uh, though a syndrome like it was described in um, <clears throat> as early as 1925 by Soviet child psychiatrist Ronya Sakareva. And um, <clears throat> this led to some people diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, uh, particularly those of a left-wing persuasion, to uh, instead refer to their condition as Sakhariva syndrome, um, because Hans Asperger was not, he had some, he did not, he did some bad stuff. He had okay. some flaws. Yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't the mascot they were looking for. No. No. <laughs> no. They were looking for a different champion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, in 1992, Asperger's syndrome became a standard diagnosis when it was included in the 10th edition of the World Health Organization's Diagnostic Manual, uh, International Classification of Diseases. It was added to the 4th edition of the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic Reference, Diagnostic and Statist Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, uh, published in 1994. God, that, that still seems a little, like, late to the game, don't you think? Yeah, just oh, a I bit. saw something on Facebook the other day, and I don't think I said this on the podcast. I think it was just when we were hanging out, but I, I can't remember who posted it, but it was like, when I think of the 2000s or yeah. 2010s, yeah. I think of, like, you know, yeah, a few years ago. When I think of the 2000s, I think, yeah, a few years ago. When I think of the 1990s, I think, 10 years ago. When I think of the 1980s, I think... 15, 15 years ago. Yeah. It's like, no, it's 40. <laughs> yep. The 80s were 40 years ago. Yeah. I know. Like, that is shocking to me. Like, well, like so 91, 30 years ago. Yeah. So it is a long, like, you know, it's a, for the medical profession. Yes, exactly. A lot can happen in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Asperger described this syndrome in 1944, one year after Leo Kanner published his iconic article on autism. Asperger, an Austrian physician, presented case studies, just as Kanner had, about a particularly interesting and highly rec recognizable type of child. In 1950, <clears throat> Asperger visited the United States to meet other pioneers in child psychiatry and autism research. Uh, he wrote in German, however, so his influence outside of continental Europe was limited to specialized professional circles during his lifetime. He did not live to see the global impact of his ideas or his name. Um, Asperger's work was brought to wider attention in the English-speaking world by British autism researcher Lorna Wing in the early 1980s, who wrote about Asperger's concept of autistic psychopathy. Again, that word I'm not a fan in, of. In what year was this? 1980, I think. In the early 1980s. Oh my gosh. In the mid-1980s. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, his, 1944 article was translated into English in 1991 by Uta Frith a German-born autism researcher who worked in England. Um, and Asperger's syndrome was included in the International <laughs> Classification of Diseases for the first time in 1993. After that, Asperger was often portrayed as a champion of neurodiversity far ahead of his time. But... <laughs> oh, here comes the big but. <laughs> I was going to say, so, so far he's been going up. I was like, all right, this guy's discovering a lot. Here we go. Oh, okay. 
Research has revealed um, Asperger's ties to the genocidal medicine of the German Third Reich. 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 Yeah, that, Reich. that word. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Mm, I mean, 1940s German doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You could kind of see it coming. It checks out. Woof. Unfortunate, but very factual. <laughs> um, Asperger did not belong to the Nazi party, but he referred disabled children to the Am Spiegelgrund Clinic in Vienna's Am Steinhof Psychiatric Hospital, <clears throat> where almost 800 children were murdered between <sighs> 1940 and 1945 as part of the regime's euthanasia program. Well, this took a turn. Yep, that took a bleak yeah. turn, didn't this? Yeah, 800 so, children. I, I, was that something they were doing to, like, I can't remember what the word, like, what's the word when you're trying to, like, I mean, I guess genocide is the word. But, yeah. like, they're, basically, they're, they're being Darwin. Like, they're, they're acting as God. And, like, these are the people who we don't want to reproduce and keep these same traits. And they decide upon themselves to do this. Yes. By euthanizing them, which is... Well, that's euthanasia. That's exactly yeah, what that insane. is. insane. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. The discovery has provoked debate about the degree of Asperger's complicity and questions about why his involvement remains secret for so long. Um... Born and educated in Vienna, Asperger spent virtually his entire career there. He held a chair in pediatrics at the University of Vienna and also taught at the University of Innsbruck. Towards the end of World War II, during the Nazi occupation, he ran a clinic for children with autism at the University Pediatric Clinic. It doubled, oh boy, as a residential school. Uh, Those aren't good either, yeah. No, no. I've heard stories about those as well, Uh haven't we all? Yeah. In this setting, Asperger collaborated with sister Victorine Zack, a talented nurse. Uh, Zack may have been among the first to devise customized therapies, incorporating music, movement, and speech for children with autism. Okay, so she was pretty good. Yeah, she's all right. There we go. Thumbs up. Leave it to the the women, right? They'll Mm. turn that ship right around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, oof. Zach was killed and the clinic destroyed when the clinic building was bombed in 1944. Oof. Woof. Poor Um, woman. Yeah. Um, Asperger's interest in the developmental characteristics he documented was autobiographical, and he scattered tidbits about his own experience throughout his writing. Um, As a child, Asperger was solitary, found it challenging to make friends, and was so interested in the poems of Franz Grill Parzer that he recited them obsessively, alienating many of the children and adults around him. By the time he was nine, he had read all of Grill Parser's plays. Asperger referred to himself in the third person. Um, In spite of these eccentricities, Asperger achieved educational and professional success as an adult. He married and had four children. But his own childhood surely helped him empathize with the children that he wrote about in 1944. Save for the ones that he offed. Well, but. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can't laugh oh, at the most morbid situation possible. Honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Well done. <laughs> um, his article described four boys in detail, but noted that he had seen more than 200 cases of ugh, autistic psychopathy mm. over a 10-year period. It was possible to consider such individuals both as child prodigies and as imbeciles no yeah <laughs> or poor verbiage yeah, yeah. Uh, he commented um he commented at the outset uh two of the boys were exceptionally gifted at math and two had unusual verbal facility but all of them found simple daily routines easily comprehended by most young children mysterious uh 
that they were eventually able to master any of them indicated their delightful originality, Asperger wrote, since they could not rely on conventional methods of social learning that were second nature to most children. Uh, the implications for education were clear. Children who had to learn from their own experiences rather than by imitating others explained why some very smart students performed uh, poorly in school. <clears throat> and, oh yeah, I have a bit more about the Nazi thing here. Though Dr. Asperger... <laughs> <laughs> I have something just about those Nazi guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not a member of the Nazi party. <laughs> I was never a member of the Nazi party. <laughs> I mean, well if you're going to be a guest, you've got to quote the producers. you got to. That's just <laughs> a one-way ticket. Like, like you were saying, he had participated in the Third Reich, um, which is aimed to establish a pure society by eliminating those deemed as a burden. Right. Mm. Which we're not. But... Arguably, Jeff and I are a burden. <laughs> yes, we're, <laughs> the, we're the anchors. <laughs> not even arguably. <laughs> yeah, you can't be at that. You can't. No one gets to decide that. No, no one Everyone is that. valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> So that's a bit about the history of autism. Um, there's a lot of like common myths and misconceptions that go along with it as well. Yes. Yes. So I think you know what time it is. It's it true false time? <laughs> yes. yes. I love me some true and false. True and false. It's true and false time. So you know, there's a lot of things that people think about autism that are really not kind of true so i guess we'll see what you guys know oh god oh, oh no <laughs> oh no okay wait wait wait. how are we gonna do this are we gonna as a as a splain loft decide together what our answer is oh i just had deja vu we that's what we do with Catherine. it so is it's insulting a little bit to Catherine to say that lee is our first guest because Catherine technically was on with us although yeah, not in person not though. in per yes she uh she was virtually with me with you yeah, yeah, yeah. no she was virtually with me she was Literally. Physically. With with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, let's do what we did then. Yes. We answer as a group. And yes, indeed. Okay. We okay. are a pair. <laughs> okay. So my first one is that there, <clears throat> excuse me, there are more boys than girls who have autism. This I think is true. It is true, I think. Or it could be a catch-22. I know more boys are diagnosed. This I know from Leah. Who's got a poker face? But that, whether there's actually more boys who actually have autism, or whether there's more diagnosed. So, like, you're implying that there is more females that are undiagnosed. I think so. Okay, I'm gonna go with true. I'm gonna stick with my gut. Okay, true. We're going to true. You're both kind of right. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. It is true that there are more boys diagnosed. Um, it is very male dominated. Every one in sixty-four boys are diagnosed. Um, I, however, am part of a rare breed, and I think this is pretty cool. Every one in 189 girls are diagnosed wow. with autism. That's yeah. A significant difference, hey. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. I mean, I, I think being part of such an exclusive group makes me extra special. I, I think, think it, it does, does, too. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, and as for why this is the case, um, even autism professionals aren't sure. They do have a few theories, though. And Evan, you were right in the fact that they think one of the reasons why might be that um, actually it's not more common in boys. Girls are just good at hiding their traits, thus resulting in less girls being diagnosed. So that, that could be a reason why. Right. <clears throat> they also think that maybe there is a genetic component that's more likely to affect uh, the male brain. Okay. okay. Like They're not really sure. Thing. They're right. still, yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my second one is 
that autistic people all share the same experience. Like myself and all my friends experience everything the same way. Definitely false. Definitely false. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, autism is a spectrum disorder. That means that not everyone experiences autism the same way that I would. Yeah. Um, yeah, for instance, like when you said the thing about one of the, the common traits that um, uh, Asperger was sort of finding was that the ability to make friends. I was like, well, this isn't true of Leah at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have the most friends of anyone I know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, people think that like, you know, once they've seen the good doctor or Rain Man or yada, yada, yada. Right, yeah. They know everything about autism from watching that person. Uh, yeah, it's a good start, but no, you don't. Yeah. Have you watched The Good Doctor? I I couldn't make it past the first episode. Oh, yeah? I, yeah, like seeing that bunny hit the wall. Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Neither have I, but like I know the premise of it, and I've seen like bits and pieces of and episodes. He, I can't remember his name, but he's an amazing actor. Oh, he's phenomenal. Him. And yeah, like, yeah. I couldn't get past like the surgeries and yeah there's a lot of yeah. like blood and gore just like that kind of thing okay yeah. i was gonna ask if there were similarities like if it was realistic or like like normal tv is a kind of um exaggerated do you know what i mean yeah yeah rain man was pretty realistic dustin did a great job but again mm-hmm. i mean that's one person and i'm yeah i'm me absolutely uh, there are many traits that are common for autism and i'm gonna get into those later <clears throat> Uh, and everyone with autism is kind of like a, a grab bag of all those different traits. I love that. Yeah. Uh, some of us may share certain aspects of it. Like my friend Michael and I both can get upset if plans change at the last minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, not every one of us all have the same traits. Like my ears are, I have a sensitivity heightened with my ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fr- another friend of mine has a sensitivity to touch. Like he can't wear certain fabrics because it's too itchy. Right. And yeah. 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 <clears throat> I can relate to that as well. Mm. Can't wear the wool. The wool? Don't like it. No. No. And uh, there's a phrase that I like to use. Um, if you met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Oh. Mm, yeah. Did you come up with that? Is that a Leah McDonald original? I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just curious. If you're like, no, I read that from Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. That's a great quote. I love that. I, in and... fact, I, I saw something very similar to that, not, not in relation to autism, but <clears throat> Tiffany shared something yesterday. It was like, um, it was a lyric from a song by someone who's I can't remember. I was going to say, you're getting, you're getting cold, I'm buddy. Getting, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm paddling as hard as I can towards the warmer current. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going um, up, But great. it was, um, just because you, just because you knew me doesn't mean you know me. Ooh. Ooh. Because of course we change as we go, right? Yeah. yeah. Similar to what you just said. Nice. I also like to think of us as snowflakes as well, because it's, you know, people say like no two snowflakes are the same. Yeah. yeah. Same with autism. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone is different. We all experience different traits and different. We're all different. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The third myth, uh, third true or false, is that autism is uh, a childhood disorder. Okay. I'm going to say false. What does it define a child? A childhood mean like you can grow out of it? Or like. That's what yes. I would hear. It. Yes. Oh, okay. Then yeah, I'm so going to say false. no. False. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say false. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> A lot of people think that it's, you know, just a kitty thing, but... Like a phase. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like the way that I explained this, and, and you, you'll get it, but you won't. I'll, yeah, uh, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> what are you trying to say? That Evan's smarter than me? That's exactly, that's exactly what she's trying to say. And I'm here for it. It's kind of a he was there, you weren't type of oh, thing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so myself and Peter Halley wrote a play together. Yeah. 
um, Understanding Wonderland. You were there for the reading. Yep. Um, yeah, Peter told of, me about it, actually. Yeah. I know about the play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the characters, the, the caterpillar, um, I kind of explained this through him, and I, I like the way that I put it here. Um, so he tells Alice that, you know, he's autistic, and they start talking about her sister, and she asks a lot of questions, and she asks him, you know, is this something that she's going to grow out of eventually? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says to her, you know, no, um, I had autism when I was in my egg, because he's a caterpillar. He was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, now I'm a caterpillar with autism and someday soon I'll be an autistic butterfly. Nice. So like, yeah, basically I, it's going to be with me all my life. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a beautiful analogy actually. It actually really like, is. Like what so is, what is a, like an animal or a bug or an insect, I guess that has stages of life. Right. And like the classic butterfly is exactly it. Like you yeah. said, you know, you have a caterpillar into a butterfly. That's a really great analogy. Thank I you. like it. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> Yeah, there's a lot of grown-ups out there that have autism, and, like, supports need to continue into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, as for what causes autism, let's begin first by ruling out what doesn't. Okay. And, uh, yeah, strap in, by. It's just gonna get <laughs> Is this still true and false? Uh, no. Oh, we've exited the yeah. true and false. Okay, well, so I can relax now. <laughs> also, when did we start saying strap in? Because we've said it a lot, haven't we? We said it but last like, night. But it's like, that's not yeah. an expression. Yes, it is. No, it's strap not. Strap in, buys We're in for a buckle up. ride. Oh, buckle up. <laughs> strap in is kind of like the science fiction version of, like, strap in, we're going to space. Is it? Like, <laughs> other people say it? Maybe. Because we say it all the time, and I'm like, and every time we say it, I'm like, that's not right, right? Yeah. That's not no, right. I like that you said it as well. Please I continue. Like it. Yeah, we're entering some very uh, what the fire truck territory here. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> we it's... live in what the fire truck territory. <laughs> yeah, that's, so. yeah that's, that's our home. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> people have a lot of uh, theories. A lot of very, and this is putting nicely, out to lunch theories. Sure. Okay, let's do this. Um, about what causes autism. Like, I... I follow this blogger, Autistic Not Weird, and he published this entire list of things that people have said to cause autism, and it's right. just a big steaming pile of, like, what the actual fire truck are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so some of the things that are assumed to cause autism by people are uh, parents who have tattoos. What? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That's a strange one. Like, like no, wait. It, so like, if the parent has a tattoo, their child would, could potentially get autism. Really? That's what someone out there thinks, yes. Wow. Wow. Um, Skittles is another one. Oh, I love Skittles. From eating Skittles? Yes. If the child eats Skittles, it's going to be autistic. Mm. There's a doctor in India. I can't remember his name, but he's not a doctor anymore. Right. Uh, (laughs) From the sounds of it, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who believes that women who wear jeans will give birth to autistic children? Like, yeah. Seriously. Show me the science, Doc. I was gonna say it's right? probably for the best. He isn't practicing medicine anymore. Yes, I think it's. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Like, dude, obviously pays no attention to Neil Diamond. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> forever in blue jeans, babe. Well done. Well done. And another really weird one is um, in 2012, Mark Wildenberg, an epi- epidemiologist from Harvard University, stated that Peppa Pig, watching Peppa Pig, can cause autism. He works at Harvard? <laughs> yes. Uh, people in this world. I know. The only thing that Peppa Pig has ever caused children, and this is true, there's like news articles about this, is a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> really? That yes. is amazing. That checks out. Like they yeah. want to imitate. 
I some that has sometimes happened to me if I'm talking to someone with an accent. Yeah. But like I'll um unbeknownst to me start like slightly like yeah, darkening yeah. my eyes. I'm talking to a British person or something. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit about my uh, my uncle. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's um. What's your problem? I want to say <clears throat> Liverpool. You did say Liverpool. I from think where so. the Beatles are from. Maybe. I'm not yeah. 100% sure. Right. I should know this. I'm an asshole. Anyways, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest falsehood surrounding the causes of autism and the one that really, really gets to me, uh, and this is probably going to piss a lot of people off, but I'm okay with that, uh, vaccines. Mm. I knew this is where you are going, and please continue. Please edu- continue. You please have educate. full support yes, in You've this got room. the floor, Leah. Educate anti-vaxxers. Yes, mm. my God. <clears throat> uh. Yeah, they just end up, they do not cause autism. Um, it's been scientifically disproven. Vaccinate your freaking kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> On uh, February 28th of 1998, Andrew Wakefield was the lead author of a study of 12 children with autism that was published in uh, The Lancet. The study proposed a new syndrome called autistic enterocolitis and raised the possibility of a link between a novel form of bowel disease, autism, and the MMR vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the authors said that the parents of eight of the 12 children linked what were described as behavioral symptoms with MMR <clears throat> and reported that the onset of these symptoms began with the, within two weeks of MMR vaccination. Mm-hmm. Uh, these possible triggers were reported as MMR in eight cases and measles infection in one. Uh, the paper was instantly controversial, leading to wi- widespread publicity in the UK and the convening of a special panel of the UK's Medical Research Council the following month. Um, one 2005 study in Japan found that there was no casual relationship between the MMR vaccine and autism in groups of children given the triple MMR vaccine and children who received individual measles, mumps, and rubella vaccinations. Hmm. <clears throat> Um, Although the paper said that no casual connection had been proven before it was published, Wakefield made statements at a press conference and in a video news release issued by the hospital calling for suspension of the triple MMR vaccine until more research could be done. Really? Yeah. And this was later criticized as science by press conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. According to BBC News, it was this press conference, rather than the paper in The Lancet, that fueled the MMR vaccination scare. Uh, the BBC report said that he told journalists it was a moral issue, and he could no longer support the continued use of the three-in-one jab for measles, mumps, and rubella. Uh, urgent further research is needed to determine whether the MMR vaccine may give rise to this complication in a small number of people. Uh, Wakefield said at the time... Uh, if you give three viruses together, three live viruses, then you potentially increase the risk of an adverse event occurring, particularly when one of those viruses influences the immune system in the way that measles does. Hmm. Um, he suggested parents should opt for single vaccinations against measles, mumps, and rubella separated by gaps of one, of one year. Um, he repeated these claims in 2000 uh, during a 60 Minutes interview and provided a new focus for the nascent anti-vaccination movement in the U.S., which had been primarily concerned about theomerzol (laughs) in vaccines. In December 2001, Wakefield resigned from the Royal Free Hospital, saying, I have been asked to go because my research results are unpopular. Basically, I guess he got fired and he's trying to cover that up. Yeah, probably. As one does. Yeah. Uh, The medical school said that he had left by mutual agreement. Mm. Sure. How, How polite. Yes. 
In 2002, uh, Wakefield stated what precipitated this crisis was the removal of the single vaccine, the removal of choice, and that is what uh, has caused the furor because the doctors, the gurus, are treating the public as though they are some kind of moronic mass who cannot make an informed decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. So the paper in the Lancet was a case of tw- a case series of twelve child patients, and it reported a proposed new syndrome of enter- enterocolitis and regressive autism, and associated this with the MMR vaccine as a apparent precipitating event. But in fact, three of nine children reported with regressive autism did not have autism diagnosed at all. Only one child clearly had regressive autism. Um, despite the paper claiming that all 12 children were previously normal, five had documented pre-existing developmental concerns. And they just hadn't been diagnosed yet. And this entire study was of 12 people. Yes. And also, (laughs) like, and that's what this entire upset is about. Like, how is that an appropriate sample size? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also... You know, maybe maybe a result of the vaccination was like in in a few kids they had some weird behavioral things. If it's if those behaviors were similar to a child with autism, doesn't mean that child now yeah. has autism. No, yeah. absolutely. Causation and correlation, right? Yeah. Yeah. In nine cases, unremarkable colonic histiopathology results. Well we done. The there we go. Words. That was a mouthful. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, they get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <clears throat> noting no or minimal fluctuations in inflammatory cell populations were changed after a medical school research review to nonspecific colitis. Uh, the parents of eight children were reported as blaming MMR, but 11 families made this allegation at the hospital. The exclusion of three allegations, all giving times to onset of problems in months, helped to create the appearance of a 14-day temporal link. <clears throat> and oh, patients were recruited through an anti-MMR campaigner. Uh, so yeah, that so it wasn't even like it wasn't an unbiased study. It was a very biased study, yeah. absolutely. And the study was commissioned and funded for planned litigation. <clears throat> um, in an accompanying editorial, the British Medical Journal editors said clear evidence of falsification da- uh, of data should now close the door on this damaging vaccine scare. Mm-hmm. Who, perpet- who perpetrated this fraud? There is no doubt that it was Wakefield. Is it possible that he was wrong but not dishonest? That he was so incompetent that he was unable to fairly describe the project or to report even one of the children's <laughs> cases accurately? No. <laughs> A great deal of thought and effort must have gone into drafting the, the paper to achieve the results he wanted. The discrepancies all led in one direction. Misreporting was gross. Moreover, although the scale of the GMC's 217-day hearing precluded additional charges focused directly on the fraud, the panel found him guilty of dishonesty concerning the study's admissions criteria, his funding by the Legal Aid Board, and his statements about it afterwards. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. So how has that not just thrown out every argument? Or was it like the damage was already done? I think once it spread, it spread. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. That's... Which is crazy. And also it was a show that like, it's the word of mouth thing. Because like you said, in his paper, he was like, it doesn't check out. But what he said out loud was something different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what people ran with. Yeah. Power of the media. Power of the media. And stupid people. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> on February 2nd, 2010, uh, The Lancet formally retracted Wakefield's 1998 paper. Uh, the retraction states, the claims in the original paper that children were consecutively referred and that investigations were approved by the local ethics committee have been proven to be false. Uh, the next day, <clears throat> the edi editor of a specialist journal, Neurotoxicology, withdrew another Wakefield paper that was in press. The article, which concerned research on monkeys, <laughs> <laughs> had already been published online and sought to implicate vaccines in autism. <clears throat> I mean, monkeys are basically humans. Sure. You know, same, I mean, what's the difference, really? I mean, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Got he. Rolls off my back these days like yeah. a duck in water. No. <laughs> <clears throat> um... And in May 2010, the American, American Journal of Gastroenterology retracted a paper of Wakefield's that used data from the 12 patients of the article in The Lancet. And in 2011, British medical journal editors recommended that Wakefield's other publications should be scrutinized and retracted if need be. I think it's only fair. It is only fair. Find everything this man ever said and let's just maybe just double check yeah. things check out. Um, now for what does cause autism... There actually is no known cause of the disorder, but it's generally accepted that it's caused by abnormalities in the brain's structure or function. Mm -hmm. and, and presumably, you may be getting into this, but like, you have to be born with it. No one develops autism. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> All right. Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Um, Maybelline. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's a, yeah, it's a commercial. Yeah, it's like Maybe hair products. It's Maybelline. <laughs> But yeah, it's not something we're born, not made. Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things you wanted to know was the difference between high functioning and low functioning. Yes. Um, so the difference between high functioning autism and low functioning autism is kind of, it's behavioral. Like mm -hmm. low functioning autism causes behaviors that um, inhibit the ability to conduct daily life. Right. Mm. Now, that's not saying that it can't lead a normal life. Like Absolutely. there's a, yeah. a low-functioning girl out there who, and you can check her out. Carly Fleischman is her name. She's written a book. She's given, like, speeches. Uh, she communicates with a, with a speech program on the computer. Okay. Huh. She has a friggin' talk show. I was going to say, that's, that's, like, super functional. That's super yeah. high-functioning. Like, yeah. you're, you're, like you said, it's... But in terms of verbal, she's not particularly verbal. No, she has um, speech apraxia, which is a fancy way of saying she can't use her voice. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yet she's out there just winning at life. She's interviewed Channing Tatum. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Is that a separate condition or is that linked to her autism? Like, is that a, is that a um, frequent uh, second, uh, what am I trying to say? What did you call it? Apraxia? Symptom. Apraxia? Speech apraxia. Speech yeah. apraxia. Is that, yeah. Is that a typical symptom of, of autism? Um, a, lot of, a lot of low functioning uh People with autism do have that, yes. Right, okay, okay. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. People with high-functioning <laughs> autism have similar abilities to their neurotypical peers. Right. So, like, with me, it's kind of hard to tell that I'm autistic unless I, like, tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I, have, I had two students at Sheridan this year. Or, I, well, maybe one of them was at Mont. I can't remember now. But, um, and they, like, after, I don't know, seven or eight lessons said, they were having a moment where they were struggling with moving past something. And they sort of apologized. I was like, you don't need to apologize. Like, it's totally fine. And they're like, yeah, we'll actually have autism. And I was like, 
no idea. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right? The fact that they were struggling to move past something didn't give me a red flag of, oh, there's something different about them in any way. It's just like we all struggle to get past certain things. I struggle to get past not eating a bag of chips every night. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the truth. <laughs> Um, and another thing with people with low functioning autism, uh, they, uh, they are more likely to have comorbid conditions. Okay. Um, and these, uh, so basically that means they're more likely to have some kind of a second diagnosis. I see. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Like, uh, some examples are, uh, tuberous sclerosis. Um, epilepsy is a big one. I Interesting. See. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I do not like these labels of high-functioning, low-functioning. I was curious about that, actually. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. When I asked the question, I was like, is this sort of an insulting question? Not, I mean, I know what the, inherently the question wasn't insulting, but I wonder if the terms high and low-functioning were sort of derogatory in a way. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the high-functioning, low-functioning terms. And I kind of put this question out on my, on, uh, I put this question out on my Facebook to kind of see what my other friends' autism and their, like, friends, family, loved ones thought. And a lot of us are on the, like, nope, not good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think staying away from labels as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, we all agree that these terms put a kind of a nasty label on the person. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because as you say with, was it Carly? Um, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> as you say with Carly, it's like, okay, she can't speak, but that doesn't make her low functioning because she's able to do everything somebody who can't speak does. Yeah, right? absolutely. She does need some extra help with certain things. But yes, like, but in terms of like speech writing and interviewing and this kind of thing, she can do all those things without the use of speech. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, it, it doesn't tell you anything about like, you know, what that person can do, what they're capable of. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, these labels can deny people on the spectrum the supports that they need. Right. Like uh, me, for example, I'm labeled as high functioning because I am, you know, primarily independent. I'm, you know, out here. I've got a job and I can do all kinds of stuff. You have two jobs, I, first off. Arguably, <laughs> arguably three, because you also have, like, all of your self-employed business, like, That's I don't true. know how yeah. many things you sell and all that kind of stuff, and yes. the classes you teach, plus you work at Michael's and Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I'm out there just being a total boss, babe. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No one could deny it. Leah. Absolutely not. Um, and on the surface, it doesn't seem like I have a disability at all. Um, Mom and I had to fight with my family doctor a couple of years ago to get my attendant pass renewed uh, because she didn't feel like I needed any, needed it any longer, but mom and I knew that I did. Um, just a clarification, the yes. attendant pass, uh, for those who don't know about it, um, it's a pass issued by the city of St. John's to persons who have special needs. Mm-hmm. And um, let's say someone with autism who has a respite worker wants to go check out a show at the Arts and Culture Center. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to bring their support person with them. Right. The attendant pass allows that support person, worker, family, whoever's with them to get in for free. I see. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's accepted at the rooms, the Aquarina, Arts and Culture, Holy Heart, all the local performing arts centers. Cineplex mm-hmm. even has their own version of this. Mm-hmm. The access to entertainment card. Um, <clears throat> my doctor said that, you know, I'm very high functioning and now that I'm an adult and have a job and this and that, and I'm doing pretty good. She felt I no longer need my passes. Mm-hmm. Um, yet 
I have like no sense of direction, and Evan, you can attest to this. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly can. <laughs> Although when um when we left the other day, when we hung out and we left um, Do- was it Dobies? Is that the, yes. the ice cream place? And I pulled out of the parking lot, and like literally, we had just just driven past Leah Street, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Dobies is just up here." And I was like, okay, great. So then when I pulled out of the parking lot, I was like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to turn left. And like it took forever. And I finally got to turn left. I was like, okay, great. So I was chatting to Lee and she's like, my house is in the other direction. <laughs> I, like, I have two now, so that's... I know, but they were both in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've often gotten lost trying to take public transit. Um, I struggle with money. Like there's a lot of reasons I'd feel a bit more comfortable having... You know, a friend or family member with me when I'm out and about. Absolutely. Um, so like we had to, you know, fight with her and advocate for me to finally get that back. I did. Yeah. Good. But I, it's not great that I had to fight for that. No. It, yeah. yeah. It should be, it should be something that you have access to easily. Yeah. Um, and can that, can the, this is just a question about mm-hmm. the attendant pass, but does it, it, does it have to be a designated person? Like it doesn't always have to be your mom. Right. Yeah. Right. I can take my mom or my dad or one of my best buddies right. okay cool nice yeah cool uh, best buddies is a program at mun by the way i'm realizing i'm using words that you guys don't know no this is, oh. i thought you I were was, just you me your yeah. friend yeah <laughs> I I like it. you I mean, mean yes. it right yeah <laughs> i you're one of my best buddies you have a best but best buddies is a program at mun right. is it yeah it uh, pairs mun students with people with uh, intellectual disabilities like myself and we hang out with each other oh amazing it's kind of like big brothers big sisters but with mun students and people with disabilities awesome um <clears throat> and mom tried to get me a respite worker several years ago because you know it's something that we both felt i would benefit from um because again i'm pretty independent but there's still a lot of things that i i need help with and what's a respite be... worker i'm so sorry that's okay um so a respite worker is someone who kind of helps out a person with autism. Like they would, you know, go on outings with them. Sometimes they'd come over to the house um, okay. and, you know, help them with different stuff. Right. Um, for people with more, I guess, severe autism, it's a chance for the parent to get a break and have someone else to look after the I child. See. But like yeah. for someone with me with, that's pretty independent. Like they would, you know, help me out with like uh, things around the house and. Right. So yeah. say if you were, if, if you at some point want to go live on your own, because right now you're living with your pop yes. to help him out. If you want to go live on your own, you could have access to a respite worker who would like check in, help you with certain things that you needed help with. Yeah, you would think. Right. But you can't have that? Yeah, mom tried. Oh. Um, I was not able to get one because my IQ was too high. That, that's so silly. That's so silly. I, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, those are the things I'm struggling with. I know that I'm smart. Yes. That's not the problem. (laughs) Like, I can't do my own banking and I need help with certain aspects of daily life, but was denied that because I'm high functioning and too smart? Thanks, government. Yeah, seriously. Like, geez. That's something that needs a... um, A reevaluation. A Uh reevaluation, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh. Um, all this being said, even though there are a lot of things that I struggle with, uh, there are a lot of high points to having autism. Superpowers? Superpowers? Yes. Heck yeah. And I, I, yeah. I mean, what else are they? I mean, I think it's pretty cool that I'm able to do these incredible things. I agree. I Try playing agree. board games with you. It's almost unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's true. Um, and one of these superpowers, my, my favorite one, is my incredible memory. Mm-hmm. 
I can remember things in perfect detail, things that happened like years and years and years ago. Uh, when I was a kid, my favorite show used to be uh, Fetch with Ruff Ruffman. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, no I've not. I don't think so. <laughs> What's TV station did it come on? It was on PBS. PBS. It was an educational show. Okay. Um, it was a science-based game show on PBS Kids. It was a hosted by an. It was hosted by an animated dog. Okay. Yeah, an animated dog named Ruff, and he had like his assistant was this black cat that never spoke. She was kind of like she did karate and all that. And her name was Blossom Pepper Doodle Von Yum Yum. I love it. I, mean, <laughs> I love it. Um, <clears throat> like so, those two were like animated. Um. But the contestants on the show were all humans, like actual real life, like okay. teens. Right. And he would send the competitors out on challenges. One week, he, um, in the animated like preface to the show, he was eating his ice cream and he was just going right to town and he got, you know, brain freeze and was like, Ugh, and he didn't understand why his head was hurting. Right. And Blossom, uh, who never does talk, she just holds up this sign, Spinopalatine <laughs> Ganglioneuralgia. And he's like, what does that mean? So that was the challenge for the for the week to get the kids to figure out what that is. Right. <clears throat> um, turns out it's a science word for brain freeze. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this was like what twenty years ago? You were watching this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here's all the details I know. Nice. Ten years or so. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and like a year or two after I'd seen this episode, like, and again a year or two after I had seen this, and only once. Mom and I were sitting in a Dairy Queen. I was having my Oreo blizzard. I was going a bit too fast. Mm. And I got brain freeze. I put my head in my hands and I moaned. And I don't know why I said this word <laughs> instead of the real thing, but I was like, spinopalatine ganglioneuralgia. That's amazing. Your mom would be like, uh oh, Lee's talking in tongues. Something's going yeah. on. <laughs> Some good ice cream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> mom looked at me like i had three heads and she was like what i repeated it and told her that it's the science word for brain freeze i heard it on fetch like a year or so before this and she could not believe that i still remembered and could pronounce yes, yes. Well, that too. yeah <clears throat> and also like i know every word to billions of songs like yeah. i can read or hear something only once and it's in there for good wow like even some of like the That's super. That's so cool. Oh my I god, know. we should quiz you sometime. Yes, I am so down. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> <clears throat> it amazes my friends at the open mic circuit that I can sing songs like even some of the super long ones, like American Pie and La Vie Bohème, like eight minute songs, yes. bang, completely there. Nice. Like I get up on stage and don't have any words, and they just can't believe that I can do this totally from memory. Or presumably, too, you never have the worry of forgetting the words. Um, like, do you? Do you sometimes get worried that, like, oh, I might not remember in the moment? Like, if you get sometimes nervous? Sometimes I do. But because I, I always do. For me, yes. lyrics are the big, my biggest concern. Yep. At all times. Lyrics scare me. Yeah. Especially songs like, um, like when I used to do We Didn't Start the Fire. I was God, don't say, say it again. Yeah. <sighs> Terrifying. Because <laughs> you get off, and there's no way to get back. No, that's it's it. It's 100% mm. success rate or jump off the stage. Yep. <laughs> Evan started the fire <laughs> and jumped in it in it at the moment. <laughs> I don't know why this. <laughs> I was gonna let you have it. Uh, Another superpower that I have, which uh, kind of a it's a blessing, but also a curse. Okay. Uh, my hearing. Hmm. Um. Have you guys seen? 
Have you guys seen Spinal Tap? Yes. Okay, so you're going to get this reference. All Have right. you seen Spinal Tap? No. Okay. Movie, TV show? It, it was a movie. Okay. It's um, Christopher Guest. So like he had the ones of like Waiting for Guffman. Um, best in show. They're all comedy movies. They're like it's a lot. It's Catherine O'Hara's in all of them. Okay, all, all right, them. all right. Um, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah. The bl- big thick black eyebrows. Yeah, the guy who's in Schitt's Creek. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Eugene yeah. Levy. Yep. She's in it. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. They're great, hilarious comedy movies. We nice. must watch them all. And we will. Please go on. Um. So there's part of the movie where they say, "Oh, you know, our amps are turned up to 11." Yes. And that's what I like to say. I tell people that my ears both the same te- both the same technology as their amps. Yeah, just always turn to eleven. Yes. Right. So is it um, is it just loud noises, or is it particular noises that are kind of you're sensitive to? Um, like every single noise that I hear in my day to day life, like a drippy faucet, any the hum of a fan or a computer, all of it is completely cranked up. So I hear things like ten times more than you guys would. Right. Yeah. So for instance, like. There's something the the noise in the background right now in that laundry room is our dehumidifier. So like I only just realized it because we're talking about sounds. Like oh yeah, I can hear that. So yeah. like for you, it's harder for you to block that out than for your average person. Yes. Right. So I guess is it like if something were to just be loud in general, or is it does is it a certain are certain sounds more I guess sensitive to you in that sense? Um, like any kind of loud noise, yeah. like uh, that Facebook page. Facebook post <laughs> that you made back in January about banning backyard fireworks. Oh, yeah. I agreed with that a million percent yeah. because, right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fireworks for me are, like, again, 10 times louder. So I, right. I would have been running to the bed with Ruby. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Because, I mean, a lot of the, the issue that that's a big uh, issue for people absolutely is because of their dogs. Yeah. Because dogs have such good hearing. <laughs> but also, any people who have very acute hearing like yourself mm-hmm. yeah. also problematic absolutely yeah cool i mean other than you know the fact that you know it amplifies the loud sounds and i'm terrified of balloons and fireworks and blah 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 mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it can be a good thing in some ways like uh i'm <laughs> excellent at finding missing cell phones <laughs> i bet <laughs> like I bet. it's over there <laughs> and another a pretty cool trait that comes with autism is uh, we have special interests. Yeah. A special interest is something that a person with autism is absolutely obsessed with. Right. And they devote much of their time to learning everything that they can about, um, about the subject. And we collect things based on the subject. And basically, we become like experts on this favorite thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, my special interests are, of course, Spirit of Newfoundland. I'm like a total yep. <laughs> yeah. super fan, and I know everything about all of ye and all of the <laughs> oh, yeah. all the shows. Yeah. Yes, you do indeed. Uh, Broadway musicals and Veggie Tales. Um, I am. Uh, I rarely miss a local theater production, and you know, I'm besties with the two of ye and the majority of the theater community here in Newfoundland. Yeah. Um, yep. And you have a fantastic blog. I thank you. Yeah. Yes. Right. You talk about all the shows. Well, yeah. I think it is. It is known citywide that you are like the advocate for the arts and like yeah. you know the biggest supporter yeah absolutely <laughs> um like i eat sleep and breathe like all these <laughs> these things i have a huge collection of movies and dvd performance dvds and cast albums i've been broadway characters for halloween um and i'm a total wealth of information on all these topics right 
Nice. Um, so in terms of talking about like special abilities, superpowers, mm-hmm. a lot of um, autistic children that I've worked with or, or taught or whatever, um, I don't know if I should say a lot, but m- more than m- uh, like more than the students who don't have autism have perfect pitch. Have you have you like known this before? I actually have not known that. Oh, no, wow. So interesting. Like the the. Does that kind of go into like special interests? So that's something they live and Maybe. breathe, and because of that, they've developed. Per- yeah, I don't know pitch? because so like you know I I've never taught one student. I don't know how many students I've taught since I've been teaching for ten years, but like I've taught a lot of students. None of them have had perfect pitch, except for two out of three autistic children that I taught <clears throat> had perfect pitch. Interesting. I know wow. it is interesting. So yeah. I, I wonder if that locks into the special skill thing if it's developed, or whether they just happen to have been born with perfect pitch. Yeah. Because I, I don't know, I don't know how perfect pitch works in general. Yeah, I, I right. mean, without without opening up that can of of worms. Yes, uh, I think there are two two avenues. Like, I think yeah. there are people who are born with perfect pitch, but yeah. I also think it can be developed as well. Right. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting mm. uh, fact. Factual. Factual. I think it has something to do with <clears throat> some people with autism are like savants. Right. Like they have you know a a certain thing that they're really 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 good at. Like whether it's math or music or yeah science or something like that yeah mm-hmm. i wonder if it's linked to the memory aspect like i wonder if like they hear middle too. c they can memorize the pitch yeah so like they don't have perfect pitch when they're born but as soon as they hear the 12 notes they're that's good it, we've memorized in. that <clears throat> that frequency to a letter blank. yeah as a, yeah to a letter exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the classification of the sound too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> some of the other traits of autism um one that uh, has provided some pretty funny uh, experiences. <clears throat> I take things literally. Right. <laughs> like yeah. where this is going. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm getting a, a bit better at it now, but uh, when I was younger, I, and I, still sometimes, I don't pick up on sarcasm. Right. So oh. like when someone's being sarcastic with me, I think they actually mean what they're saying. Right. Um, and... I have trouble with figures of speech as well. Like, again, I take things literally. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, one day when I was a kid, my mom said that she was going to run to the store. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I look at her and I'm like, why would you want to do that? Like, aren't you going to get tired? Sobeys is a long way from here. <laughs> and she started laughing to kill herself until she realized I was serious. Right. Yeah. I thought she actually was going to, to run, run to, to the store. <laughs> That's so funny. I like that. I didn't understand that run to the store meant, you know, get in the car, drive to the store, go in and come back out. Yeah. Right. And then once you, once you now, so from that moment on, if someone says, I'm going to run to blank, then you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. And another time I was doing <clears throat> something on the computer with my dad and he said, okay, go ahead and hit the enter key. Right. And, you know, he hit, he meant, you know, tap the enter key. Yes. I took that literally. <laughs> I made a big old fist. And just, <laughs> I scared the, the jeepers out of him. Go ahead, do the enter key. Dad, we're going to need a new keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you want me to hit it? <laughs> Leo Smash! <laughs> I love it. So fun. It's like it's certain words like that, too, that I get kind of mixed up and yeah. think, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, one of the other symptoms is echolalia. It means to repeat others' words or sentences. Uh, they might repeat, repeat the words of familiar people, or they might repeat sentences from their favorite video. Uh, there's two types of echolalia, immediate and uh, delayed. Um, I'm, 
Again, I'm tossing out a pop culture reference, but have either of you guys seen The Middle? The Middle? Yeah. No, I feel so uncultured now. I know um, nothing. I, there's a really cute little kid in it, right? <laughs> yeah, Frank, looks... and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. talk about him now in a oh, second. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so funny. He's just one of those kids with, like, perfect timing. Nice. And he, like, he looks like he's funny. Like, he's not <laughs> funny looking, but he looks like he's a funny person. Okay, you know what I, mean? I can get that. I can get behind that. Um, and you know how, like, when he, he whispers to himself after he just said something? Right. That's immediate echolalia. Right. Although he does it a bit differently. Like, he repeats what he just said, while the majority of other autistic people repeat what someone else has just said. Okay. So, like, he'll say something like, um, I went to the store today. Store today. That's your ASMR for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so many references. So many. Right. So that's a common thing. Um, for some people with autism, yes, I... I don't exhibit that trait, but there are people out there that do. Okay. Um, delayed echolalia is when a person repeats words at a later time. So if it's immediate, they repeat it after you've just said it. Mm-hmm. If it's delayed, they'll do it later. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of the time delay, delayed echolalia may seem very unusual because the sentences are used out of context. Yeah. Uh, for example, like a child might enjoy the song his teacher sang at circle time and then later ask to sing it at home by saying it's circle time instead of saying the name of the song. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, children with autism often follow a bit of a different route when their language is developing. Uh, their first attempts at language may be longer chunks of language, phrases or sentences, which they are not able to break down into smaller parts. <clears throat> Uh, these chunks are more grammatically complicated than they could put together themselves, and they don't understand what the words mean, mm-hmm. the individual words mean. For example, a child might say, um, it's time for your bath, every time he hears his father filling up the bathtub. Uh, he knows those words have something to do with bath time, but he doesn't know what it's time for your and or bath mean individually. <clears throat> oh, and nice. He can't use these words in other sentences. Because he doesn't understand all the words, he uses the pronoun incorrectly by saying, you know, your bath instead of my bath. Right. So echolalia often has a purpose or a message behind it. Um, like there may be certain times, like in Brick's case, there may be certain times when they use it to soothe themselves. Like someone asked him why he whispers once and he's like, oh, it calms me. Calms me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so is it a, is it a, um. Why can't I use words? Buddy, I don't know. <laughs> you haven't even is, had a beer. <laughs> I know. Is it like a, a conscious decision that they make to do it? Or is it uh, just a reaction? Um, I believe it is a conscious. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a way of, like, for him, like you just said, for him, he does it intentionally because it calms him. Yes. I see. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes it may be... Uh, to they might use it to ask for things like a child might say do you want a cookie to ask for a cookie as he's heard others offer cookies this way before right Mm. or it might be to start an interaction like a child might initiate a game of hide and seek by saying a line from the game like ready or not here i come oh interesting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they're connecting the association of an action with the phrase Mm -hmm. right yeah cool um, a child might draw attention to something he's noticed by using a line he's heard before to draw attention to something else. Like, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Right. Mm. Um, or if they, they don't like something, uh, if a child imitates, you don't want to wear those pants, as his parent is getting out his clothes, he might really mean, I don't want to wear those pants. Right. 
Um, or they might use it as an ant, like to answer yes. Uh, the child might say, do you want some yogurt? Right after he's been asked that question, he actually might want the yogurt. So that means yes. Okay. okay. And kind of going along with how I said that echolalia sometimes will help people calm down. Um, another way that people with autism, you know, let their energy out or cope with what's going on is they stim. Um, a, and that is like some people might kind of jump and flap their arms or they might repeat words. Okay. Yeah. I've heard the word stim before, but I wasn't really sure what it meant. Yes. Yeah. Um, when I worked at uh, McMoran Community Center, yeah. there was a child who had autism. And that, whenever they would get worked up, that's what they would do to calm themselves down. They'd jump up. And ex- almost exactly like you said, they would flap, they would flap their arms around a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And calm right down. Yeah. And another <clears throat> friend of mine, he has this uh, jewelry, like a necklace that he wears. And it's like a plastic thing. And when mm-hmm. he... Gets too stressed out, he'll he'll chew on that to help himself uh, right. regulate. Uh, help himself regulate. Right. Yeah. The um, interesting thing too, coming back to like the the <clears throat> conversation of high and low functioning and how it's not productive, mm-hmm. because someone would look at someone who is stimming and say, "Well, that's that's a low functioning person." But in fact, what they're doing is they've already they recognize how to calm themselves down. Yeah. Which is high high functioning. Yes. Right? Yeah. It helps with. Uh, Management of emotions and self-regulation um, to adapt to an unfamiliar environment. There's lots of reasons an, auto- an autistic person may uh, stim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really interesting that that is, um, it's a really actually self-aware habit to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I've done this before. I calm me down. I know that when I'm upset, this will calm me down. Yeah. Another trait is, and this is going to sound completely odd coming from me but okay. um another trait of my autism that i experience is social awkwardness mm-hmm. mm. that is weird coming from you yeah. but I, I know what you mean because we've discussed it before um but you're also a very social person yeah. yeah yeah i mean like i love going to parties and going out and doing things and meeting people yeah um yeah I, that's definitely gonna be hard for you to believe i know i talked your ear off at manual super <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's, you know, because I know you really well and I'm comfortable around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the time when I'm in big groups of people that I know, but I don't know very well or people that I don't know, like, at all, mm-hmm. uh, I just kind of sit there awkwardly. My brain is like, what do we say? Do we say anything? Right. Yeah. Um, if someone starts a conversation with me, I'm good. I can talk for hours. But when it comes to me starting a conversation, that does not come as easy. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. <clears throat> and sometimes when you ask me something, I, I might not answer right away. Uh, it's not that I'm ignoring you, like, totally, no. Uh, but my brain just takes a little bit longer to process what it is that you, uh, you asked me, and it needs a bit of extra time to think of an answer. Right, yeah. That totally checks out. Absolutely. I've probably gotten into this, but uh, my supersonic hearing is just one example of what's called a hypersensitivity. Uh, when autistic children are oversensitive to sensory information, it's called a hypersensitivity. Mm-hmm. So that means like that sense is like heightened for us. So we experience it more than you. Right. Uh, and we try to avoid these sensory experiences. Like I cover my ears when I hear loud noises. Uh, some other autistic, autistic people might only eat foods with a certain texture or taste. They might wear only certain types of loose fitting clothes or resist having haircuts or brushing their teeth. Um, on the other side of the coin, when autistic children are under sensitive to sensory information, 
That's a hyposensitivity. Mm -hmm. These children seek out sensory experiences. I knew about the hyper. I didn't know about hypo. I didn't either. No. Yeah. So they might uh, wear, wear tight-fitting clothing because they like how it squeezes them. Right. Or they might look for things to touch. They might always want to be touching different textures. Um, they might make loud noises because they like the sound of it. Or they might uh, put everything, even non-food items, in their mouths. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> it also goes to show you just how broad the spectrum is, though. Yes, absolutely. there's so much opposites. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah. both can be considered traits. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, some people with autism—I'm one of them—have uh, routines and schedules that they really like to stick to. Like, if a routine is broken or a schedule gets thrown off, mm-hmm. uh, like, no, I'm actually more of a well, some some schedules I'm kind of. St- sticky too but like i my biggest thing is like when if a plan changes at the last minute right that's yeah. gonna just my yeah. brain goes through goes get thrown for a loop yeah um so like as an example of this i teach a virtual music and dance fitness class every wednesday night for people with with special needs yeah and uh one of the participants is my friend michael who is on the spectrum as well and at the end of every class we have a goodbye song that we sing right it's like, we are movers and shakers. We sure had lots of fun. I'm so glad that you joined me. Thank you, everyone. Nice. I want to say goodbye to Evan. Evan can really move. I want to say goodbye to Jeff. Jeff can really groove. Nice. <laughs> so no one's ever said that about Jeff yeah. before. Oh. Jeff can really groove. Oh. Yeah. Why he could uh, ever jump. <laughs> <laughs> he can jump. Um, so one night, uh, because I only had like the 45-minute Zoom plan, we were a bit behind schedule. I see. We got cut off. Right. Oh, we could yeah. do the goodbye song. Um, and a minute later, I get a FaceTime call from his mom, uh, Michael's mom. And I answer the call and she's like, uh, can we do the goodbye song? Michael is really, really, he's out of it. Right. Yeah. He was very, very unsettled and having a bit of a freak out. Um, I said, you know, of course. And we sang the song and all was well in Michael's world once again. Because That's- that routine got broken and our goodbye song wasn't sung, that completely threw Michael off. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I mean, it's, it's also like Harrison does, both of my kids do, do kingdom music, and like the classes are always structured the same. Because I think humans inherently, for the most part, like structure. Yes. Right? Um, and like, you know, they, it, it, it helps them develop routines in later life, which is I'm sure why they do at such a young age. Um, but like there is always the welcome song. There is always the goodbye song. And I think that makes every child feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So then to the extreme, then when you have an autistic person who to the nth degree really relies on that structure. Yeah. Just has a hypersensitivity mm-hmm. yeah. to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can yeah. see how that would really throw you off. Yeah. Can I ask a question? So you sure. said that, um, you know, break in structure and break in like routine kind of like triggers you a little bit. Yeah. So just as a silly example, like we said, we we're going to start at one thirty today. I was like 10, 15 minutes behind. Did that cause any anxiety? Or is that is that too minor? It's not that big of an upset. Um, that was I was cool with that. Yeah. Okay. So little things aren't it, it like if I had to call you last minute and say, "Hey, we have to cancel today. We can't do the podcast today." Is that kind of something that would be more? That would have had a bit of a. I would have had a, a bit larger of an effect. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> cool. Nice. Yeah. And but partly because not just because of the schedule change, because you were like amped to do the podcast. Well, yeah. yeah. Listen, right. that would that yeah. would hurt me too, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> and another thing with uh, people with autism, uh, 
and we can kind of pegged as like rude or like we're not listening because of this and that's that's not true mm-hmm. um a lot of people with autism don't make eye contact mm-hmm. uh many autistic people indicate that eye contact causes them discomfort and stress uh they claim that it is difficult and unnatural for them to express their feelings over anxiety mm-hmm. uh Studies looked into the source of the behavior to determine whether this is caused by the sensation itself or due to social delays. Um, It was discovered by the researchers that a part of the brain activated by eye contact, which is called the subcortical system, was abnormally activated in those on the autism spectrum. Uh, This area of the brain is responsible for triggering babies' natural attraction to faces or help them turn towards faces they'd find familiar. Mm The subcortical system also helps people perceive emotions. Um, In the studies they conducted, researchers had people with and without autism look at images of faces. Uh, They tracked the gaze of participants. Participants either freely looked at the faces or they were restricted to only seeing the eye area of the images. While looking at the entire face, the brain activities of both groups were found to be similar. Hmm. However, when an autistic individual were shown, uh, was shown only the eye area, their subcortical brain system was overactivated. Lack of eye contact in autistic individuals was found to be a response to an uncomfortable sensation the individual felt. Uh, this behavior is determined to be a way to decrease the unpleasing excessive arousal that is caused by this part of the brain. In, a, in addition, autistic children may find more than one social stimulus overwhelming. Um, Children with autism may also not understand the social cues from a person's eyes. Uh, They may not be able to understand that watching a person's eye may also provide information. Hmm. Eye contact can therefore uh, be very intense and overwhelming in terms of sensory experience. Uh, Yeah, they may feel overwhelmed and stressed, and that's why they avoid eye contact. Right. Is it... um... Like, would, do you prefer if people don't make eye contact with you? Um, I'm, I'm okay with it. And mm-hmm. you just make the choice. Like, if you would like to look away at some point, you just you choose to look away. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. That's curious. Because I've never noticed, really. Like, you usually make eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. But like, the, like I said, autism is a grab bag. There's some people yeah. that yeah, are, some yeah, people yeah. aren't. Full yeah. spectrum, like you said. So one of the not-so-great <clears throat> things about um, having autism... Uh, is ticks right? Um, and not not like the little bugs. No. <laughs> I mean, also not great. Not but great. Yeah, not, not great things mean. either. No. <laughs> but yeah, d- different ticks. Yeah. Uh, there are sudden twitches, movements, or sounds that uh, people do repeatedly. Um, people who have ticks, like me, cannot stop their body from doing these things. Um. So, uh, for example, a person, and there go mine now. <laughs> because you're talking about them? Maybe. Maybe. Right. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> like that, I might keep blinking over and over again. Right. <laughs> or a person, and that was ironic. I wonder if that was because I'm talking about them. I yeah. <laughs> Let's start the study. Start the study. <laughs> call, call the scientists. <laughs> or a person might make like a, a grunting sound unwillingly. Like another one that I find, and it's a sucky one to have during a pandemic, is I'll start like coughing. Right. Yes. Coughing or clearing my throat. Yes, that is a sucky one. That's... That is that is that is not a great one nowadays. No. Was it, we used to. 
before the pandemic you used to cough to cover up a fart now you now you fart to cover up a cough <laughs> fart to cover up a fart yeah fart to cover up a fart <laughs> I'm glad you remember that glad so, so does the audience yeah, yeah. great yeah. that's always bringing that back yeah. I'll relive that for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> having ticks is a little bit like having hiccups uh, even though you might not want a hiccup your body does it anyway uh, sometimes people can stop themselves from doing a certain tick for a while, but it's hard. Eventually, a person has to do the tick. Like, if I'm out and about, uh, like, I was at a restaurant one night, and my coughing tick was starting to act up, and I'm like, oh, why here? Why now? This is not, like, mm -hmm. it's a pandemic. I might get kicked out. Mm -hmm. So I tried to hold it in as best as I could, and I was doing good for a while. But the second I got home, just cough, 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 it all just came right out. Right. That's in that coughing would be one of them. And how I know. like how long would you then cough? Like because you were holding it in, would you cough longer probably? Yes. Right. Interesting. It's like minutes? It feels it felt like, yeah. yeah. Um motor ticks are movements of the body. Like motor ticks include blinking like mine there now, uh shrugging the shoulders or jerking jerking your arm. Or there's vo vocal ticks as well. Um like my clearing my throat and coughing uh or ye humming or yelling out a word or a phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, ticks can be simple or they can be complex. Simple ticks involve just a few parts of the body, like uh, squinting the eyes or sniffing. Uh, complex ticks usually involve several different parts of the body, and they can have a pattern. So that could be like uh, bobbing the head while jerking your arm and then jumping up. That whole thing is a single tick. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating. Yeah. And they would repeat that motion over and over? The yes. series of motions, I guess? Yeah. Wow. Um, and one of the other kind of downsides, <clears throat> and uh, again, we get kind of a lot of looks for this, um, so I want to like, kind of use this to clear something up. Yeah. Uh, meltdowns. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. A meltdown and a tantrum look and sound a lot alike, but they are totally different things. Mm. Like... If you take if you take Harrison to Costco and he wants an ice cream and you say no, he's gonna have a tantrum. I mean, well, I I don't know your child very well, and I assume that might happen. I, if you promised him he was going to have one and then you said no, oh yeah, mm -hmm. he's a man of his word. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he'll start screaming and crying and having an all-out fit. Yep. Um. A person with autism might have a meltdown in the middle of Costco because the lights are too bright. Uh, there could be too many people. It's too crowded. Um, it smells funny. There's a whole host of different reasons. Um, and a meltdown like that is called sensory overload. Oh, I just talked about this last night. <clears throat> yeah. On the podcast. In the, because I was talking about the IRA. It was a torture, actually, a torture technique that the um, British were using in the 50s. Ooh. I know. So, and they would they would make like, any person have a sensory overload as a form of torture. Ooh. Yeah, that wouldn't that be terrible? Oh yeah. 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 It freaking is a form of torture. Yeah. I bet. And because it can happen without like in that instance they're purposely playing crazy loud sounds or doing whatever to instigate that. For an autistic person it could happen out of the blue walking through Costco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, um I uh Walking through a Walmart one day and, um, like, there wasn't even a loud noise, but the fear that there was going to be one was enough to cause me to have a total episode. Like, there, right. 
must have been some kind of special thing going on because there were balloons everywhere. Oh, yeah. So my... I did not last long in that Walmart. I was starting to shake and I couldn't breathe and it was... Right. It was, yeah. And yet you work in the service industry in two different jobs. In retail in both, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tricky. And like I was at an open mic once and again, balloons uh, started falling from the ceiling. Right. I started screaming and crying and again, I couldn't breathe my heart was racing it was not a fun experience right. no, it's, the fear, it's the fear that they will pop yeah yes right and then yeah wow a loud noise um another reason why a person might have a, a meltdown is because some of us myself included uh can't handle sudden changes in plans like mm. i talked about yeah um, if we know something's gonna happen then it doesn't our brain gets thrown for a total loop and all the confusion can be overwhelming and cause us to have a meltdown mm-hmm. and um they were a really, really scary experience for me. And another thing that kind of is pretty scary is, and this isn't often, but it's happened sometimes. And that's another reason why I feel like I should have someone with me in public. Mm-hmm. I've ran a few times. Right. Mm. Like, um, sometimes when my brain has switched into panic mode and I'm having a meltdown, I... I just take off as fast as I can to get away from the noise that is happening or is about to. Right. Um, like, because my brain is so focused on getting away from the loudness, I have, like, no regard for what's going on around me. Like, there could be, I don't know, a car coming towards me, and I, my brain just does not care. Right. Um, it's total instinct. Like, it's just fight get, or flight. Get, yeah, fight or flight. Get yeah. away from this situation no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then tunnel vision, not seeing, like, I'm crossing a highway right now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of summers ago, Mom and I were at Signal Hill, and it was like, I don't know, 11.55 or so. Yeah. Um, and I saw people getting ready to fire off the noonday gun. <gasps> right. Yeah, my, my brain was like, nope, nope, nope. Get out of here. Get the fire truck away from this now. Yeah. I bolted. And it wasn't until I made it almost to the Newfoundland Chocolate Company that I realized that Mom was not behind me. Right. And this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, like, even as an adult, that... Instinct still kicks in, and I just woo. yeah, wow, yeah. And I became even more anxious and panicked at that time because, I, like, I, then you were by yourself. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it could still potentially hear the noonday gun from where you were, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. Like the the anxiety over the gun and the yeah. oh my god, where's mom? Yeah, yeah. That oh yeah, that just, all that yeah. cascaded. Yeah. Meanwhile, she was trying to catch up with you. Yeah, you were like yeah. an Olympic sprinter. She's like, yeah, wait. <laughs> That's a superpower. <laughs> just take off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm never usually a runner, but in times like that, I just... <laughs> Found a whole new level of sprint. As Shelly Devil says, I reserve my running for yes. emergency purposes only. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So, like, if you... Yeah, if you see someone, like, an adult like me, that's having a... What looks like a tantrum in the middle of a Costco or somewhere, you know, don't assume that they are, you know, entitled or bratty or just mm-hmm. trying to get attention... Their brains are gone into panic mode and they they need help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about like, I don't like the labels of high functioning, low functioning. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, In other kind of words that I don't really like, um, disability is a big one. Like I find that focuses too much on like the negative. Yeah. Like I 
I think of myself as differently abled. I like I said, I like to say I was born with superpowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah, I I'm just a regular person, really. I can do uh, even though I can't tie my shoes, uh, or do math or this and that. There's a lot that I can do, and I like to focus on that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I also don't really like the word retard. Well, that is, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. We gotta get. I think yeah. It was used just, for far too long. It was yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like it dates far back. It's fourteen twenty six. Does it really? Yes. Man, that's got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it, amongst amongst people who are self-conscious at all and yeah you know, i think it <laughs> has complete gone. assholes yeah, yeah i think it has gone but it's def- i'm still sure it's out there for people who mean to cause harm by using it yes and like people don't even think they're using it. like my sister mm. oh god my sister i, I love you but <laughs> <laughs> like she will say it two or three times in a day oh this is retarded i'm retarded yada 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 yeah. mm-hmm. and i have to keep telling her you know hey please don't use that word yeah and she's like, I don't mean anything by it. I'm not talking about you. Yes, I know you're not, but still, it hurts. Don't. Yes, absolutely. Get it out. Exactly. Get it out. That's got I mean, to go. That was, I mean, I, as a kid, we used to say it all the time. Yep. It was an expression that, like, 20 years ago was frequently used. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think it came to light in probably more the last 10, 15 years. It's like, hang on. That's a very problematic word. Yes. Whether you mean for it to be harmful or not. There's lots of words out there yes. that we can all think of that if you don't mean to be harmful, you still shouldn't use them because yeah. it's harmful regardless. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, on October 5th, 2010, Obama uh, signed S-2781 into law. Uh, known as Rosa's Law, the bill changed references in federal law. Uh, the term mental retardation was replaced by mental disability. Additionally, the phrase mentally retarded individual was replaced with an individual with an intellectual disability. Uh, Rosa's Law was named after Rosa Marcelino, a nine-year-old girl with Down syndrome. She worked with her parents to have the words mentally retarded officially removed from health and education code in Maryland, her home state. With this new law, mental uh, retardation and mentally retarded no longer exist in federal health or education and labor policy. Uh, The rights of individuals with disabilities would remain the same. The goal of this word removal was to remove language that may be considered hurtful from communities. That's wonderful. Do you know what, though? Like, like, a nine-year-old got it done. I love it. Like you said, like 10, 15 years ago, that kind of language was permissible. And, like, like, that was the actual medical term for it. Yeah. And even you reading that to me just then, saying mental retardation, know, it made jarring. my body go, oh, I don't yeah. like that. I know. Do you I, know what I mean? I hated saying it. Yeah. I was saying to Lee before we started today, uh, before you got here, we were talking about, because um, she asked me about using the word or whatever. I was like, no, because you're using the word to educate others. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I was like, it's the same thing with indigenous people versus Indian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. same conversation. It's uh-huh. it, it took far too long, but we got to a point where we go, oh, hang on. This is insulting to this people. This isn't correct. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why not educate yourself to use the correct words? It just makes sense. Absolutely. And um, there's a couple of other things I'd really like people to know about people uh, with autism. Mm -hmm. One big thing, um, and this is to do with uh, all my friends who are nonverbal. Yeah. It's their vocal cords that don't work, not their ears. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Sassy and true. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. 
like they can hear and understand everything that you say to them. Yeah. So like, don't talk down to them or talk to them in a childish manner. Like, and also when we're talking about talking to autistic people, if you see someone out and about and they have their respite worker or something like that with them, talk to the person with autism. Don't talk to the respite. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like people who are nonverbal or who need the extra help, they, they're people too. And they, you know, mm-hmm. they can hear everything that you say. So don't like be mean to them and say stuff thinking that they can't hear it or assume that they're like a little kid. It's not nice. It's so strange no. that that's a correlation, too, in terms of people who can't speak. They just, like, will immediately talk down to them. It's like, that has nothing to do with, you no. know what I mean? Not no. being able to speak has nothing to do with their cognitive abilities in terms of speech. No. Right? It's just the physical ability of speech is not something they can do. Yeah. So right. interesting. Yeah. Like, my friend Rook, who I was telling you about, she... I don't think is diagnosed with autism, but even so, she is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though she cannot speak, she is still like a regular teenage girl. Like she, yeah. When you put on her favorite audiobook, she will start to squeal and flap. Like she <laughs> knows her favorite things, and yes. she's she's a flirt. <laughs> she, <laughs> I love it. Seriously, like she blew kisses to all the boys and had the biggest crush on one of the math teachers. There you go. Like I said. And like, if she, if she was ticked off with you, she would stick her tongue out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this? You said your friend? Yes. Nice. Nice, We went to high school together in junior high. Yeah. Yeah, She's got her way of communicating. She's not verbal. She, you know, it's a, it's a different language. Yeah. It's French. It's English. There's, there are numerous nonverbal languages that people who are nonverbal create for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we just have to take the time to learn that language. Yep. Yeah, and she could completely understand everything that's going on. Like, like I said, when you turn on her favorite audiobook, she recognizes, you know, the words of Fifty Below Zero or Five Little Ducks, and she will start flapping and squealing because she knows right. it's her favorite thing going on. Yeah, I love it. absolutely. Um, and you know, most importantly, even though my brain works differently than yours does, I'm really just like any other person. Yeah. Like, I mean. I'm a rhythmic gymnast, a gold medal <laughs> rhythmic yeah. gymnast. Yeah, you may as well just I, say it, Leah. Yeah. Shout it from the hills, bye. <laughs> Pat that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I go to Bible study. I'm a very talented baker. I make a brownie bottom turtle cheesecake that's to die for. <laughs> you do indeed. I never miss a Try Guys video or episode of Splainin'. I... <laughs> we love to hear that. Yes. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Did you get very far? <laughs> I'm really just like anybody else. I mean, I just have a couple of extra superpowers. So, yeah. you know, I want to be accepted and treated just like anybody else and given the same opportunities and rights as everybody else. I mean, even though I'm autistic, I'm just like any, anyone. Yeah. So, absolutely. yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to kind of sum that up. It really right? I think so, too. Like, talking about Autism Awareness Day and, and, and the month and everything yeah. like that. I think that's... It warms my heart. I it totally agree. Yeah. But also, it's the same, you know, Jeff and I are very different people. Yes. Mm. Not, like, neither of us happen to have autism, but you do, and you're different from me, but so is Jeff. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we are all just different people. You're, you're not, yeah. yeah you're di- you're, whether you had autism or not, that's not why you're different from me. You're different from me because you're a different person. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So autism is just I mean, part of the makeup of... I drink white. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like, you know, every person is themselves. You yeah. are yourself. I can't imagine you being any other way, nor would I ever want you to me be any way. Yeah. I hope you feel the same way about me. Yeah. But, well, you know, regardless, <laughs> well, but regardless of the person, you know, anybody can have traits that are undesirable, no matter what their neurological situation is. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's such a wonderful conversation. And there's literally no one better to have that conversation with than you. Yeah. So thank you from the bottom of our splaining hearts. <laughs> yes. Thank for, you for coming. We, we really appreciate welcome. it. Yeah. Breaking the bubble. I love it. I love it too. too. So yeah. um, wrap it. Jeff. Let's do it. You always have to start this because I never know where we're <laughs> yes, going. Yes, exactly. It's fun. <laughs> so as always, friends, please go to our Facebook, Instagram page and uh, like, share, comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us all about it. You could do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Leah's done it. Yeah. Have you? No, you listen on Spotify, I, don't you? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. You, you don't have an Apple product. Leah would do it if she could. Yeah. I, I reviewed y'all on the blog. And there we go. Yep. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. Write your own blog about us. Boom. <laughs> that's almost that's, that's better. It's more than better. Mm-hmm. It's time consuming. It's heartfelt. Just do that then. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a topic that you would like explained to you, please email us at info.splaining at gmail.com. We hoped you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. Forever in blue jeans, babe. Wow, 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 wow. Money talks. But it don't sing and dance and it don't. That is a great song. Neil Diamond underrated. Saw Neil Diamond live. Uh, has mm-hmm. anyone ever said that Neil Diamond is underrated or not accurately rated? <clears throat> I think people are like, Sweet Caroline's a great song. That's all they care about. I guess so. Sweet He's Caroline. Got a lot more than that. Uh, There's yeah. so much more than that. Saw him live. I don't know how old Lucky. he was then in Maine. It, he was great. My favorite thing about the trip, though, unrelated to Neil Diamond, was that the pool was broken at the hotel oh. we stayed at, and the heat was like, I don't know, 10 degrees warmer than it should have been, oh. so the entire pool was like a bathtub. I thought you were... Well, <laughs> it, was like, it was like a little bit gross. Something also, about like, that is just uncomforting. Well, there was no one else there. It was really just there we like go. Yeah. yeah. I was swimming in my own filth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Gross. Maybe. Move on. <laughs>